0: correct. So don't forget that. Thank you, Patrick. That's what makes the difference. <laughs> you know, Jesus did feed people, didn't he? He, kn- he knows our stomachs are, are really important to us. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so I'm back and now you get me full force. Yeah. yeah the, the whole thing. Um, but uh, but it's good to be back. It uh, wasn't a planned time off, but, you know, God has his plans, and we just have to roll with it, don't we? Um, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for allowing us to be here, Lord. I thank you for the servants like uh, Patrick and Raj and, and so many other missionaries, Lord, who, who uh, whether it be here in our own hometown or whether it be in a country far away, Lord, who are willing to share the the gospel, the good news of your son Jesus Christ and what he did for us. So, Lord, at this time, we just ask your blessings upon us. We know you are here in our midst, and we thank you for your presence here. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right. If you all remember the last time I was up here, we talked about um, being part of the church. And remember the things that, one, everyone that's in here has been invited. Remember that? You've been invited. You're valuable. And you have a purpose, all of those things. Now, given that, we know that there, you know, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers of darkness. And so what happens if you come someplace that you've been invited to, you're a valuable asset, and you get to work? What does the enemy want to do? who who whoa, wait a minute. Let's put a stop to that. Let's not have any of that. okay? Well, I think we get a good um, good picture of that in the Old Testament in numbers, uh, chapter eleven. Uh, if you could pull that up, Christy. numbers, let let me read this. Now you know, you know the children of Israel, they've been bought out of uh, brought out of Egypt. Um, Moses is leading them out. Well, in the first three verses, it says, Now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. When the Lord heard, his anger burned, and the fire from the Lord blazed among them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and he prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So that place was named... Tabera, because the Lord's fire had blazed among them. So now we got a group of people who have been slaves, had been beaten, tortured, all these things. They get out of there. And then what happens? I don't like it. (laughs) This isn't fun. What will the enemy do to you in every situation? And, and, and I want to put this in a way. The first thing the enemy will do to you is try and disillusion you. If I can disillusion you in your circumstance, I can make you miserable. It's all get out. Um, the enemy's going to tell you you're suffering way too much. A God that loves you doesn't want you to suffer. Really? He doesn't want you to suffer, but will he allow it to help you to grow your faith, to help you become stronger? Absolutely he will, because we need to work. Then what happens? Well, it's not my fault. Why is God doing this to me? Isn't that funny? Sometimes we think that everything that happens is because Well, if good things are happening to me, it's because I've been such a good Christian and God's just blessing me. And if things aren't going so bad, so well, it's like I must have done something bad. You know, God's God's punishing me. Really? Does life happen? It does, doesn't it? Good things happen. Does it rain? Yes, on the just and the unjust alike. Absolutely, it does. So. Good things, bad things are going to happen. What's your attitude in the middle of that? What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to disillusion you. He's trying to make you think things. Sometimes we get in that mode, and and here's where these people started complaining, and we'll see a little bit more of that. Um, But, you know, we'll think about the glory days. I remember when I was younger. (laughs) When certain parts of my body didn't ache as they do now, you know, I could run faster, jump higher, I had more energy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things, you know. And then we not only fantasize about what the past was, then we start making up stuff about the future. Don't we? We start deciding, well, you know, if I had this and I had this and I had this, you know, everything would be just fine. It would be all better. Does that work? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, While we were homesick, we had a little time to uh, watch a little TV. Have you ever watched that show Alone, where they drop these people out in the middle of nowhere? (laughs) It's cold. It's wet. It's snowy. There's grizzly bears. There's you know all of these things. It's you know kind of a rough situation. And, you know, watching the show and, you know, you see how some people, they're there for like two or three days and they become one of the disillusioned real quick. I miss my family. (laughs) I want some real food. Can I get a cheeseburger, please? (laughs) You know, all of these things come into their mind and they're gone. They, they, They emotionally have checked out and they end up going home. The ones that end up staying... Are the ones that keep their head in where they are right now. They don't worry about what was going on in the past. They don't concern themselves with, with the exception of, I gotta eat tomorrow, so I might wanna see if I could catch a fish or snare a rabbit or gather some wild onions or whatever. You know, they have to do that. But they don't become disillusioned with their circumstance. They are realistic about where they are, what they need, and they deal with it. Well, on a little bit farther in in numbers in in, in that story, um, I have to feel for Moses. And starting with verse 4, it says, Contemptible, other versions say the riffraff, people among them had a strong craving for other food or meat. The Israelites cried again and said, who will feed us meat? We remember the free, the free fish we ate in Egypt. Oh yeah, you were slaves. It was free, right? Sure. Along with the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but this manna. They sound like a bunch of teenagers looking in the fridge. There is nothing to eat in here. I, we have nothing. <laughs> It says, now we're wasting away, you know, there's absolutely nothing to eat. Really? It's just not what you want, isn't it? So many times our circumstances are all wrapped up in what I want. I want it this way. I want whatever kind of food it is. We get too, too concerned with that. And is that kind of attitude like something that can be dealt with easily, or is it infectious? When I was a director of a YMCA, um, we had a, a preschool within the YMCA, and Miss Louise was my preschool director, and she had a saying she she was very straight, straight line as far as discipline and everything went. And every now and then she'd call me in. And she'd say, this person has to leave. Well, the first time I said, Louise, this child is just, he's just a little headstrong. And she went, yes, he is. And he's a weed. I went, that's not very nice. <laughs> she said, no, but have you ever seen a garden just take over and choke out all the weeds? Or if you start letting the weeds in, what happens? Okay. Okay. Now, that was a little bit harsh, but I never forgot that analogy. Because many of you have gardens, right? Do you pull the weeds? Absolutely. Why? Because they will take over. And that attitude, that disillusioned attitude of what I want, will start taking over your mind. And it's infectious. Look at verse 10. This is funny. Moses heard the people crying, family after family crying at the entrance of the tents. They were out in the front of the tents. We hate it. We don't like it. The Lord, was, and the Lord was very angry, and Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, Why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Why are you so angry with me? And why do you burden me with these people? All about Moses. Why'd you do this to me, Lord? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth so that you should tell me? Carry them at your breast as a nursing woman carries a baby to the land that you swore to give to their fathers? (laughs) He's having a serious pity party, isn't he? (laughs) Where can I get meat to give all these people? For they're crying to me, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. They're just too much for me. If you're going to treat me like this, then please kill me now. If you're pleased with me, don't let me see my misery anymore. When you read these stories with a little bit of different flair on it, doesn't it make it a whole lot different? It's like, Moses, get a grip, man. It's like, God is with you. He has been feeding these people. Maybe it wasn't exactly what they wanted. But he's been taking care of you, hasn't he? Doesn't mean that he's not going to. So we can get disillusioned pretty easily. But then the enemy will do something else. He will try and deconstruct God's truth. He did it to Eve in the garden, didn't he? Did God really say that you would die? He wants to get us to doubt what God has said, what God has already proven that he will do to us, because those children, they had been slaves for how many years? 400 years generation after generation after generation egypt was not this small place and he freed all of them he tried to do it with jesus up on the mountaintop didn't he didn't work didn't he <laughs> it didn't work at all cuz well he was dealing with jesus Jesus was in human form, and he had the same hunger, he had the same pains that you and I feel day in and day out and everything. But he knew what the truth was. And he held fast to what the truth was, and he did not allow Satan to manipulate or deconstruct what God had said. He won't let him do that. Sometimes... Satan will try and convince you that God is holding you back. Like I said, we go back to this self-reflection of what have I done. I bet you everyone in here, you know, that I've, I've heard it say in psychology that people have three lives. You have a public life that everybody sees, and then you have a personal, a more intimate life, and then you have a secret life that nobody else, you don't let anybody else know about. And so in that secret life, that can be the thoughts that go through your head that maybe aren't all that Christian, are they? When somebody cuts you off on the road or something doesn't go right, all of those things. But sometimes we think things that make us doubt. And and, and we let that mess with our mind. And we have to keep going back to God's truth. What does God give us? A spirit of. And you all know this. Of joy, of peace, of gentleness, of meekness, of faith, of courage. Those are the things that God give us. But if we're not careful, and I see this in, in people too many times, people will get disillusioned. They will start deconstructing God's truth or allow Satan to do that. And then the last thing that he wants to do is he wants to detach you from those things and those people that will lift you up. He will detach you from your family, your friends, your church because ultimately he wants to get you as far away from God as he can he doesn't want you to be around your friends remember job and his friends <laughs> yeah stay away from those friends <laughs> you know but then there's others there are other friends who will pray for you who will text you and give you a call and say how are you doing I had a friend call me not too long ago that was going through a rough time, actually texted me. It was in a very dark place. You know? They reached out. Instead of detaching and moving away, they reached out. That's not what Satan wants you to do. He wants to... He is what? The father of what? Lies. Lies. Lies, 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 lies. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. And you know, I think what happens, one of the big lies that has been perpetuated throughout history is we see this picture of this demon with horns and he's ugly and everything. What is the biblical account of what Lucifer looked like? The angel of light. The angel of light. He was the most beautiful. So, why is it that he has tried to make us think you'll recognize him real quick? Because you know what? He's going to be ugly, he's going to be nasty looking, and you'll be able to recognize him like that. Guess what, folks? It's not like that. Not at all. He is the sneakiest in the garden, the serpent. You know, when it was the most clever among all the creatures. He didn't come in with snarling teeth and everything. He, that is not his way. He will disillusion you. He will deconstruct what you think you know. And this class coming up, this apologetics, guess what? You need to know what you know. You don't need to guess at what you know. You need to know it. Because if you don't, he will make you question it. You've heard the old sports analogy. It's like, you know, if you can get in the head of your opponent and make them question whether they're better than you or not, you've already beat them. Get in their head. Make them doubt. And don't let him get around other people who want to lift him up and support him. So, we were just talking about that a little bit ago, that little phrase. So, (laughs) um, God equipped each one of us to fulfill a purpose. Each one of us has something that we were created specifically to do. And it would be nice if God would have stamped that on my arm <laughs> when I was born and go, okay, here's what we do. It doesn't work that way, does it? No. If you've lived life long enough, you've done probably many things. You know, t- talking with young people you know, today it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Live it. Start off by living it. Start off finding something to do and do it, and do it well as unto the Lord. Do it well. But in the world's eyes, we try and look at things where I've got to do something big. It's got to it's be, I've got to make my mark. It's got to be big. How do you know? Does it have to be big? It doesn't have to be big, and you know what? God's measure of what's big and what's small doesn't match with us at all. Because if you make an impression, if you help one person, you don't know what kind of ripple effect that will have. Now, it doesn't mean that you go, "Okay, I'll go. I, I, I think I've helped one person in my life. I'm done." <laughs> I'm finished. That's not it. But you have multiple opportunities to do little things as well as big things. When you have opportunities, take them. Use them. If you have to have an opportunity to learn, take it. Use it. As time goes on, we are all going to change. Physically we change. Mentally, we change. We should be getting a little bit smarter, wiser, shouldn't we? You know, uh, you know, there was a saying, or I, I saw a thing where it says, you know, the unfortunate thing is, with with age is, as we gain wisdom, we lose energy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know. but that's okay. That's all right because we're not dead yet. You know, we keep going and and, and we keep doing what we need to do. So I guess what I'm here to tell you today is kind of tying into the last one is you've been invited. You're valuable. You have a purpose here. On the flip side of that, do not, do not allow the biggest liar that there has ever been and ever will be disillusion you of what your value is, of what your abilities are, or anything of that nature. Don't let him deconstruct the truth that you know that we have been given, that you have access to every day, that you should be in every day, so that you will know what you know. And by all means, do not allow yourself to be separated, to be distanced from those people who will lift you up your brothers your sisters your family the ones who know you and still love you <laughs> isn't that amazing you know that's a neat thing about a church family sometimes when your own blood don't want to have anything to do with you you can find somebody in church that'll give you a hug <laughs> won't they your brothers and sisters in Christ that's what's important That's why we're a family. That's why we love each other. We fuss with each other sometimes. Doesn't every family. That's okay. It is not a big deal. Because you know what? We know what the truth is. God's put us here for a reason. We have value. And we're going to get to work. Aren't we? Absolutely. So be prepared to grow in whatever direction God puts you in. Do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word, Lord. We thank you for the examples that you give us. Lord, we just ask your forgiveness of of times that we do doubt you, that we doubt ourselves. Lord, we know that uh, you have you have plans for us, whatever they may be, Lord. We we just trust you to to guide us in, in whatever way that you will. Lord, don't let our own desires and emotions get in the way of, of what we do, what we, what we think. Lord, it's, it's not our thoughts. It's not about us. It is about you. So, Lord, we just thank you so much for the fact that, that you love us. As, as you showed us with this with your children of Israel, Lord, even though that you got angry, your fire burned against them, you still ended up taking them to the promised land. Lord, because you are always faithful. We know that you will always keep your promises, that you always love us. No matter how stupid we get, no matter how many mistakes we make, you still love us. And you prove that through your son, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you so much for what he did for us so that we can one day be with you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Ah, Thank you. All right, let's stand. Old 70s ones.
1: We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one spirit we are one in the lord and we pray that all unity may one day be restored and they'll know we are christians by our love by our love yes they'll know we are christians by our love we will walk with each other we walk hand in hand, we will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand, and together we will spread the news that God is in our land, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes they'll know we are Christians by our love. each other. We will work side by side. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. Father, from whom all blessings come, and all praise to Christ Jesus, His only Son, and all praise
0: so much for your love for us lord let our love shine through us each and every day so that they they the world will know we are christians we are your people by our love not only for each other but our love like your son showed for all of our neighbors all of those around us it's in your son's name i pray amen